Josh Lauer is on the phone. Josh is the Associate Professor of Media Studies at the University of New Hampshire. We were talking, Josh, earlier in the week about 411 going away. Some people were like, what is 411? But I remember a day you could call up and, you know, not only get somebody's phone number, but there was a point where I swear you could ask a few other questions. And then we had several people who worked as uh, 411 operators who said the job was miserable. <laughs> so it's an it's an interesting piece of our history. And I had read that 71 million people were still placing calls to 411 as late as 2019. I would imagine that's dropped in the past year, hasn't it? Well, that's actually news to me <laughs> that that many people uh, were calling information. I'm not surprised uh, that some people are disappointed because obviously uh, it's an important service for some people who uh, maybe don't have access to the technology or the skills uh, to use the Internet to find that kind of information. Or, you know, maybe they're just not used to using the Internet to find that kind of information. Now, what's the history between be, behind 411? A 411 is the number that you call to reach an operator for uh, directory assistance or information. Uh, but there were information desks earlier in the 20th century um, before dial telephones. So before the 1920s, most people, um, to make a call, you didn't dial anything. There were no dials. You just picked up the receiver, and the operator picked up and made the call for you at the switchboard. Um, but certainly after you know phone numbers became uh, available for people to dial directly, then, you know, it was the responsibility of telephone callers to actually uh, know, to no- know the number and to make the call. Um, but information operators have been around for a long time. And as you mentioned, you know, they they fielded all kinds of questions. Uh, they used to offer time and weather, sports information. And, of course, they would get all kinds of uh, crazy questions from people uh, looking for specific people with no information other than their first name or family relationship and general neighborhood location. Until this story surfaced, I thought it was gone. I didn't know that it still existed. When did when did it start to really drop off? Well, in the 1970s, the telephone companies actually tried to charge for the service. So uh, before that time, it was free. It was part of your phone bill. And um, uh, the telephone companies were really unhappy because it was super expensive to hire operators to, to perform that task uh, in in. Some cities like New York and Los Angeles, they were getting almost a million calls per day. So you have, you know, not just a couple of information operators, but lots of them. Um, and during the, you know, the later part of the 20th century, many of these services were, were automated. Um, so, you know, you, you might not have been speaking to a person anymore. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, you know, a process of these service slowly slipping away since at least the 1970s. And they were accused of, well, it, it is, it just is a fact that these companies rejected black and ethnic workers with accents and policies barred female operators from being married early on, that more than 80% of the operators were white, single, and U.S.-born women. That's true. So the history of the operator of the United States is very much about presenting an image of a respectable young um, white woman, and this is you know, typically the, the operator uh, at the switchboard and also uh, for information services for you know, much of the 20th century. And it really wasn't until the late 1960s and early 1970s that uh, Bell Telephone Company really uh, stepped up its efforts to integrate its workforce. Interesting. I know that you're at the University of New Hampshire. You're an associate professor of media studies. Anybody in your classes, or were they aware of 411? 
Well, most of my students are, are traditional college age, so uh, I don't think they know what a rotary phone is or what a <laughs> payphone is. Uh, these are, are kids that uh, have grown up fully digital, and uh, they, it would not have occurred to them that uh, anyone would use a telephone to find a phone number, <laughs> by calling at least, at least not a, a mobile phone by doing an Internet search. But it has still been used by elder members of the society who may have sight problems, really needed a little bit of information. Honestly, people who are lonely might still use it, or those who might have a few challenges in their life. Um, nobody's really pushing back about this going away, though, are they? Well, you know, I have heard from some uh, older folks who, who were not only surprised about the service going away, but were upset because they I don't know how often they use it. They didn't tell me. But my sense was that they, it was at least comforting to know that it was available. And these are just elderly people that you know don't have cognitive or uh, physical impairments, um, but maybe don't have the, the tech savviness uh, or comfort level of using the Internet to find that kind of information. So you're right. I mean, it is a service that will be missed by some people. And, it, you know, it might be a small number of people, relatively speaking, but, uh, but it's not, you know, a number of zero. Right. I had a texter who said I was able to connect my mother and her estranged daughters before her death as a result of 411, simply by calling and having those operators go through some of those names. Everybody's got a story about it. We appreciate you jumping on the Lisa Dent Show. Oh, no problem. Nice to talk to you. Josh Lauer, Associate Professor of Media Studies at the University of New Hampshire.